0: welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. Are you sick of hearing about coronavirus yet? I know, it's kind of a bit that way, isn't it? It it is such a a thing that we're so obsessed by and I don't want to... It's one of those things, like I get up here and I know that this is what everybody's talking about. I know that this is something that we're, we're all thinking about. We're all thinking about how does it affect us, how is it going to affect us, um, how is it going to affect my family and the people that I care about, how is it going to restrict my my freedoms, how is it going to restrict my ability to, to go to work and to earn a living, how is it going to impact uh, on us as a society, how is it going to change... Our world, and I kind of like for me, I kind of come to a to a, a meeting like this, and I'm like, what do I say? <laughs> what, what do I say that hasn't already been said a thousand times? Um, but but more importantly, what do I say to actually encourage you to help you to grow in this time? Like I I know that for those of you who are on Facebook, for those of you who are on social media, for those of you who are. Um, uh, online in some way. There's all kinds of, um, there's a response from everybody. I'm getting emails from Woolies and I'm getting from emails from Coles and uh, Strandbags and you know just about anywhere I've ever shopped in my life. um, I'm getting emails from them telling me what they're doing about coronavirus and and how they're trying to make sure we stay safe and why it's important that I keep shopping there um, online. <laughs> and, and so it's kind of one of those things. I go, what, what do I say? And so I want to, you know, like, do, do I ignore it because I know that we're all sick of sick of it? Um, do, do you know how? What do I, do I address the, the issue of panic buying and how we're, you know, um, uh, what, the the kinds of things we've been talking about fear a lot the last couple of weeks and, and how we don't need to be afraid because of our relationship with Jesus um and you know do i do i talk about how you know uh we should all just be trusting jesus and and all that kind of stuff now at 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 the same time like we in in some ways we make light of things at times don't we it's kind of a bit of the the australian way we sort of make jokes and you know we we laugh at funny memes and you know and and all that kind of stuff but we do understand that the situation it's quite serious it's something that we need to look at it's something that we need to talk about and I do encourage you and and like we said before um, to be taking sensible precautions you know follow the advice of the, the medical professionals you know wash your hands if you weren't doing so already and <laughs> hopefully you did at least occasionally uh, um, you know maintain healthy distance and and all that sort of thing when you're you're meeting with people and all those sorts of things and 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 I don't want to go over all of that stuff too much because we've we I think by now we should be pretty familiar with most of that stuff but I do want to uh, I guess share a couple of things and, uh, and I've kind of I've titled the message "What Should I Do?" As a Christian, as a believer in Jesus, what are some important things for us to actually keep doing? What are some things for us to actually be intentional about doing that that helps to build up our faith, that helps to actually uh, increase our or you know build us up spiritually, rather than just listening to all the advice of secular professionals right now but first I want to I want to share this little quote some of you might have seen some of this this is uh, C.S. Lewis who wrote this in um, 1948 and it was a time when the the atomic bomb had you know was not long after the atomic bomb had been uh, first used to end World War II Um, and he wrote and there was kind of a lot of fear about what it meant to live in this kind of what they call the Atomic Age. Uh, But some of it is kind of relevant, I think, to the situation in which we find ourselves now. Let me read this to you. He writes this, he says, In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. What he means by that is, don't let's uh, make out like this is something that's never happened before. He goes on, he says, Believe me, dear sir or madam... You and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented or before coronavirus was a thing, okay? Uh, and quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a pleasing kind of thought, isn't it? But, it? but isn't it a little bit kind of like some of this kind of stuff is like, oh, you mean I could die? It's like... <laughs> it's like we suddenly have been reminded of the fact that at some point we're going to die and it's like this should not come as a surprise for any of us (laughs) like that that was going to happen one way or another and and you know in in all honesty and with all due respect the reality is for most of us we're going to die from something else other than COVID-19. The vast majority of us are going to have a cause of death that is completely unrelated to this uh, disease that is currently going around. He, he, he goes on read a little bit more. He says, It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all but a certainty. Isn't he a positive guy? <laughs> But it, but it's a, it's it's true, isn't it? It's kind of like you know there there are so many ways that this life can be ended um, that you know, and, and most of those we've come to terms with, and we've accepted. We still get in our cars and we still drive around, even though we hear about all the fatalities on our roads. But we've kind of accepted that one. This is in, in some ways this is a, a, a new thing that we're still coming to terms with, and that's okay. Like, we, we need time. I, I don't know about you, but I'm, we were talking about this at Home Group the other night about uh, how we process new ideas and new information. And some of us need time, and I'm one of these people, I need a bit of time to process new ideas, to think things through, how does this, you know, work? How does it affect me? What does it mean for me? And all that kind of stuff. And as a world, we're coming to terms with how do we deal with this? But the reality is... Death is not a new concept in our world. <laughs> really, re- realistically, neither is neither is sickness, neither is disease. We've had pandemics, we've had all kinds of sicknesses and diseases and things in the past throughout the the centuries and and stuff that have that have wreaked havoc across the world. And uh, you know, in, in <laughs> I, I read a great uh, little Facebook quote the other day. It says. Uh, this too shall pass. It may pass like a kidney stone, but it will pass. <laughs> you know, it it may be it may be painful. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that tells you something about my sense of humour. But uh <laughs> eventually, you know, some point down the track, you know, we'll we'll look back on it. You know, with with a certain sense of grief for those who lost their lives, but it will be another event in history, and it will be something that doesn't cause the same level of uh, day-to-day panic and panic buying is what we seem to be experiencing in our world. So what should we as Christians be doing? How should we as Christians be responding to the things that are going on in our world today? Most I've got five things here to share with you today and we could probably add a bunch more to the list so like it's all good, don't feel the need to come and afterwards and say oh you forgot this one and it's like it's it's okay we could have been here all day but I'm trying to make sure that we get home before lunch right so five five things and most of them will not be a great shock to you all right the first one is pray we absolutely as Christians should be talking to God about this we should be lifting up the people that we care about just as we did earlier Uh, we should be lifting up people um, you know in in all kinds of situations to God. We should be praying and talking about uh, about this with God. Look at this verse in James 5. It says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful because it connects us um, not because... Uh, sometimes we there's a temptation... For those of you who have heard this passage of Scripture before, sometimes there's a temptation for us to go, well, the prayer of a righteous person. So as long as I'm righteous, as long as I'm good enough, then my prayers will be, uh, will be effective. You know, as, I pa- as a pastor, as a church leader, I encounter this not in so many words that people come and say to me, but when people come to me and they want me to pray for something... Because there's this sense that for me as the pastor, I'm more righteous. And therefore, my prayers will be heard by God more than yours. All right. Now, I, I know that none of you have ever kind of had that sort of mentality or, or, or thought. And uh, when you come and ask for me to pray with you, you're just wanting some prayer support. And that's an awesome thing. Like, by all means, I love to pray with people and stand together with people in prayer. But don't for a second think that God hears me more than he hears you. Prayer is effective not because we are good enough for God to listen to us but because we have a great God who in Christ graciously hears His people and He chooses to, to listen. He chooses to actually incline His ear. Prayer is effective because we are connecting with a powerful God. Amen. So we pray we should be praying. We should be praying for those who are sick. We should be praying, like we mentioned before, I know that it's not only in the Philippines, but we're hearing, uh, you know, if you have turned on the news at all in the last week, you're hearing about the impact on small businesses, the impact on on restaurants, the impact on hospitality, the impact on the entertainment industry and musicians and performers and, you know, things that are stuff being cancelled left, right and centre. You know, I saw a little... uh, There's a little... You know the, the, um, the Lego movie and the little guy from the Lego movie and he sings the Everything is Awesome song? <laughs> there was a little picture of the guy from the Lego movie and underneath was the caption, Everything is cancelled. <laughs> Everything is cool when you're in quarantine. <laughs> so, but, but it's a bit like that, isn't it? There's so much going on. There's a lot of people that are really concerned about their livelihoods because they're just not able to work. And that's here, it's overseas, it's everywhere. So let's pray for, for small businesses that are doing it tough. Let's pray for people who are out of work and, you know, casual workers that don't have annual leave or things to fall back on. Um, let, let's pray for them. Let's pray for the protection of those who are vulnerable, those who've got uh, particular susceptibility to respiratory illnesses, those with asthma, those with pre-existing conditions, um, our older Australians who are particularly vulnerable. Let's be praying protection over them let's be praying for those who are struggling with loneliness because of all the isolation and the reduced social interaction that we have at the moment let's be praying for our, our health workers our doctors and our nurses let's be praying that god protects them let's be praying for a let's please pray for a cure you know <laughs> why not let's be praying that god guides the hands of those researchers that are working hard in this area, let's pray for our governments to actually make wise decisions um, that are based out of, uh, you know, based on good advice and and based on what's best for our country, and not based on fear or panic or or other kind of motives. Let's pray for them. That's absolutely a scriptural thing to pray for our governments, isn't it? Pray for our leaders and those in authority in Timothy. Um, and pray for peace. You know, there's, there's a whole list of things that we could go on and pray for but there's a lot of there's a lot of fear in the world today let's pray for opportunities uh to to share god's peace and god's love and that that peace that we have as believers even though we you know may not have perfect peace yet there may still be that fear that's trying to kind of get in that voice but we have a great advantage over those who don't know jesus don't we let's let's look for opportunities to share let's pray for opportunities to share that so that's number one pray number two is worship it's so important that we continue to do this and that we don't neglect worship in whatever ways that we can it doesn't necessarily like at the moment it's great that we can come and worship together here in this place we had our awesome band who did a great job this morning that was a great time of worship and just uh and uh, 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 focusing on God God is still worthy of our devotion and our praise but worship also helps us worship when we come into the presence of god we experience uh that that peace when we we focus on god god it actually strengthens us strengthens our faith it builds us up in our spirit Uh, and it also helps us to put things in perspective Ultimately, I was reading a little bit about worship as I was was preparing this particular part of the message. And ultimately, worship is about where we choose to place our attention. What, What are we focusing on, particularly in times of trouble and in times of crisis? Worship is often about where we look. Who are we looking to? Are we looking to governments? Are we looking to doctors and medical professionals? Or are we looking to Jesus? Now, those governments and, and medical professionals, they have their place, and you know, I'm grateful that they're there. But ultimately, um, I need to be looking to Jesus. He's where my hope comes from. In Hebrews 12, chapter 2, the writer of Hebrews urges us to fix our eyes on Jesus. To actually run, he talks about life as being a race that we run. And he says the, the, the sprinter, he's not looking left, he's not looking right. If he's, a, if he's a good athlete, he's focused on the finish line. He's focused on where he's going. And this writer, as he talks about running this race of life, he says, let's fix our eyes on Jesus who's already run the race before us. It keeps us looking forward. It keeps us focused on him. Uh, the New Living Translation actually call, in this passage, it, says, it calls Jesus our champion. I love that I love that word and it kind of fits really well with this idea of a, an athletic event with this idea of running a race the champion is the one who's who won the race isn't he the, the one who came first and and in so many ways Jesus is our champion he's the one who's already run before us he, he and he's run successfully he didn't come second or third or, you know, struggle in for a fifth place. He blitzed the competition. There was no competition, <laughs> you know, and, and Jesus has done that. And as we run, we, we look to him for that, that model of how we ought to live. Let's, I want to read a passage. If you've got your Bibles, you can open them up to um, Psalm 146. I'll put it up on the screen as well. But I want to read through this psalm. And it's kind of, in, in so many ways, it's, it's the, the words of the psalmist here. Essentially, the psalms were songs that were sung as worship to God. And the words of this psalm are fantastic. They just kind of, it's part of what we ought to be focusing on in worship. And I want to read it here. It says, Praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to God with my dying breath. Sounds dramatic, doesn't it? (laughs) Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. When they breathe their last, they return to the earth and all their plans die with them. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He made heaven and earth the sea and everything in them. He keeps every promise forever. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and widows, but He frustrates the plans of the wicked the lord will reign forever he will be your god o jerusalem throughout the generations praise the lord let's continue in that that determination to worship god worship is far more than just about singing most of us are kind of familiar with this idea that worship is a daily attitude of how we live and who we live for even if we weren't ever able to sing a song again, right? We can still live with an attitude of worship because worship is the, the the it's like the focus of our heart, isn't it? All right. So worship number three, trust. This is this is one of those ones that seems really simple, and is often really hard to actually live well, <laughs> live out, isn't it? Trusting God, continuing to trust. Our faithful Father. There's a passage of uh, a Scripture also in Psalms. If you've still got Psalms open, um, probably one of the most well-known Psalms in, uh, in the world is the 23rd Psalm. Anybody here ever not heard the 23rd Psalm before? If you've ever been to a funeral, you've probably heard the 23rd Psalm. It's a great passage and there's a reason. Let's, let's just look at it quickly together. All right, it says, this is from the New Living Translation. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. You rod and your staff, protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies." You honour me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. This is a psalm that was written by David, as most of us are aware. And it's like this analogy that most of us know when David was young, he was often sent off to go out and look after the sheep. And it's like we read in this passage of Scripture, th- this understanding that David, it's like he has this revelation and he's like, hey, I'm here and I'm looking after these sheep and you know, I'm, I'm finding them the best grass and I'm finding them shady spots to rest and I'm trying to make sure they're, they're healthy and I'm protecting them and you know, I'm making sure I'm finding water for them and making sure I'm not taking them to places where they could be injured or you know, that are dangerous and it's like this it has this revelation that god is like that for us and it's like this this poem or this song that just kind of erupts out of this revelation that david has about how god takes care of us and then he's you know he's protecting the the sheep from a a bear or a, a lion or something and he's thinking about how protective he's begun to feel towards these smelly noisy animals (laughs) and he realizes that you know that God's like that too you know even even though you know it it may not be much that's attractive about us you know we might be smelly or you know funny looking and make weird noises uh, always wandering off in places that we ought not to go that God as our father as our good shepherd there's this protectiveness that God feels towards you He takes care of us and that's th- this wonderful thing that that is meant to help put our fears away because we know that we are members of God's household that God protects God provides God cares for us as that good shepherd and it's kind of like if, if we trust in things in this world then there's kind of this insecurity that comes because all those things can change at any moment but when we put our trust and our reliance upon God then there's this kind of this this certainty that comes with knowing that God doesn't change that he is that that sure foundation that that rock that we can build a house on that will not be shaken those things don't change Matthew 6, 31 to 33. So don't worry about these things. This is Jesus and he's talking to the, 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 the crowds and the, the followers and the, the people who have come after him. And he's saying, don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Will there be toilet paper in the shop when I go next time? Will there be any rice or pasta or, you know, am I going to run out? Am I going to have enough? says these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers but your heavenly father already knows all your needs isn't this such an important scripture for us to be reminded of right now in the situation that we're in Says seek the kingdom of god above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need now don't don't think that that means I can just sit back in my house and God will make sure all these things just get delivered to my door. You know, most of us, no, I don't know if you've ever tried that, but it doesn't work real well most of the time. You know, we... (laughs) I know, that would be so much easier, wouldn't it? Do you, you know... Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that God can't do that. Um But it tends not to be the way that God normally works. You know, he says, you know, but he says, trust in me. Trust that I will look after you. Trust that I know what you need and that I'm watching out for you. Trust, that's number three. Pray, worship, trust. Trust, number three, encourage 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 we 've been talking about this in in the the beginning of our study and small groups about the like I said before this this Im- connection between spiritual growth and relational connections with other believers we need each other there, there is actually a strong correlation we we had a discussion about i don 't know where, how it went, was discussion went in our other groups hopefully you had some good discussion about this but connect connections with each other actually helps us to grow spiritually and some of you even if you've probably never thought about that there's kind of something that in so many ways you understand that to be true and if you haven't i encourage you um make some connections and you'll discover uh Ecclesiastes four. We read this scripture in our study, so it should be familiar for most of us. Says two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. We all have times in our life where our faith is not so strong. We all have times in our life when doubts come in. We all have times in our life where we find ourselves wondering, is God really there? We all have times in our life where we go, I'm not sure where I want to keep walking this. And if we are alone, it is so much harder for us to come back to that place of walking in a strong faith. It is so much, so helpful for us in those moments where, where we're weak, where we feel like we can't pray, when we're, when, when we're grieving, when we don't know what to do, to have someone who will just pray with us, who will pray for us, who will speak some encouraging words, who will share a verse of Scripture, who will help to lift us up and put our eyes back onto Jesus when we don't feel like it. It is so helpful for us to have people in our lives that we give permission to actually hold us to account. And when we're allowing sin into our life, that will actually be honest enough and love us enough and care about us enough to be honest and say, hey, mate, pull your head in. What are you doing? What's going on in love? (laughs) you know maybe that's a maybe that's a a bloke way of saying something i maybe you um ladies here have a different way that you might say that but like you get the you get the idea right to to hold us to account and say hey that that's not good for you i'm I'm worried about where what direction you're heading in and what this is going to do in your life and in your your walk with jesus and all that kind of stuff we need one another. What are your opportunities? Where are your opportunities to be an encouragement to someone? You might need to be creative about how you go about doing that. And that, that comes in relationship. And I can't stress this enough. It, it, is, it is not effective to go up to somebody that we barely know and think that we can speak correction or discipline into their life. Okay? Okay? That is not effective, I can, I can assure you. It is, let, me, let me say, it is very rarely effective. It is far more effective when you have relationship with somebody and you have trust and they know that you are speaking out of concern and out of genuine care and love for them. And they may not like it anymore... But it's far harder to dismiss something that comes from somebody that you know cares for you than it is to dismiss something that comes from a stranger. That's not to say that God can't speak something through somebody that we we don't know, but I'm saying as a general rule, all right? How can you encourage somebody? Be creative. Ask God to help. Remember when we did the? For those of you who did the the prayer school, there was kind of three things that kind of make up what prayer is. Do you remember what they were? I bet Haley does. Anybody else remember? What's the first one, Haley? Talking to God, listening to God, doing what He tells you, and you go, "Oh yeah, that's right. I remember now." Yep. <laughs> and, and that's kind of the three. And so when we when we go, all right, God, help me to. To be, uh, help me to know how who you want me to encourage today. Help me to know how to how to encourage somebody, and we go okay. That's asking God. That's talking to God. All right. Then what are we do we got to do? We got to listen. All right. We got to actually have ears to that. When God says, "All right, I want you to go and encourage that person," that we're not already off on some other track, or we go, you know, God help me, and then we switch off, and <laughs> it's too often the way, isn't it? So we've got to be mindful of that and go, all right. You know, keep my ears open. Keep, keep my, you know, as, as we parents say, put our listening ears on. You know? <laughs> and, and then when God says, okay, here's what you want, what I want you to do, go and do it. Sounds simple, doesn't it? All right, so to encourage each other. It is so important right now that we encourage each other. And lastly, number five, do good. Let us look for opportunities to do good. Let us look for opportunities to help those who are struggling in whatever way it might be. By doing good, we bring glory to God. By doing good, we actually help to increase in some way God's reputation in somebody's life. By being generous we declare to those around us that our confidence is in God and not in stuff. By being generous, we declare that that God actually cares about your needs and wants to provide for you. By being kind, we declare to those around us that every person has value in the eyes of God. By being selfless, we imitate Christ who gave His life for us. Matthew five fourteen to 16 says you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Illumination. In the same way let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Do you know what that doesn't say? It says, it it doesn't say let your faith shine out for all to see. It doesn't say let your theology shine out for all to see. (laughs) It it, it doesn't say let your um, ideas about what God looks like, it doesn't say let your intellect or your, you know, your... I don't know, your methods of reading the Bible or whatever, it it doesn't say that. It says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. The end result when Christians do good is that God gets the glory. Pray, worship, trust, encourage and do good. P.W. Ted. I don't know. <laughs> it didn't. We re- didn't really make a nice uh, acronym, but I don't know. It helps me remember. <laughs> Pw, just remember Pw Ted. All right. <laughs> hey, password Ted? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you're gonna. You're gonna remember that now. Trust me. Okay. Seriously though, in, in, in closing, like though, those are uh, important things and if we can continue to be, uh, I guess, to uh, doing the things that we know bring honour and glory to our Father, then He will continue to work through our lives. If something good is going to come out of this crisis, it's going to be through God's people. Amen? we do need to take this whole thing seriously we can't be flippant we can't be blase you know there, there's too much at stake we, we need to be respectful and considerate of, of others and, and those around us we should be wise and not take unnecessary risks it's wise to take sensible precautions just like we would if you know somebody had a bad case of gastro right someone you got gastro i'm not coming to visit you all right, we'll, we'll postpone, we'll do something later. It's all right, we, we do this, don't we? It's like it's sensible. It, it, it's, it's... But in the end, you know, ultimately we know as believers, like Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. We know that this life is not all there is. Ultimately, our, our life is in God's hands. And we need to, I guess, have the courage to, to continue doing what we know is right. To continue loving people around us. In the end, we still belong to Jesus. We didn't did we not, as believers, we made a commitment, we made a decision to say, My life is no longer my own. I give it up, I lay it down, my life now belongs to Jesus. And if Jesus says go, then I go. And if Jesus says go to this person and to pray for the sick, then I go and I pray for the sick. Our calling as believers to go where he sends us and to love those that he sends us to has not been rescinded. That has not changed. It still exists. It is still as real, it is still as relevant and it is still powerful today as much as it ever was. There are so many examples that we could look at through all of history where people were willing to lay down their lives Going to places to take the gospel when they knew that there was a very real possibility that they would be put to death for what they said. The gospel still needs to be spoken. The gospel still needs to be taken. We don't have to panic. We don't have to live in fear we have an awesome God a faithful Father who is watching over us and taking care of us but let's continue to be faithful to what he's called us to do and to be to be the light of this world to be the light of this community to bring hope and to bring the love of God to those who need it the most yeah let's pray Father God we thank you that you are an amazing God We thank you that you are a powerful God. Father, we thank you that you are more powerful than any uh, leader in government in Australia or in any other nation of the world. Father, you hold all things in your hands. We thank you that you are more powerful than any sickness, than any disease, than any illness, than any infirmity, known or unknown. Father, we thank you that you are an awesome God. You are a God who is worthy of our praise, who is worthy of our worship, who is worthy of our devotion, who is worthy of our service. Father, for each one of us, I pray this morning that you would help us to live with courage, that you would help us to continue to make loving others around us a priority that you would help us to continue to choose to live selflessly, to continue to choose to, to care for those who are in need, to live generously, to live compassionately as, as representatives of Jesus, to, to have that thought in our mind, how would Jesus love people in the midst of this crisis? And Lord, let us fix our eyes on that image and let us be imitators of Jesus, our champion. We pray this together. We ask for your help. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that empowers us and equips us to live this life, not in our strength but in yours, knowing that you hold our future, that we are yours now and forever. And nothing can ever separate us from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at bethelcrc.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.